Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello, I'm your host Paul Wheelock and welcome to the post-game podcast to reflect on a truly sobering afternoon for Everton at Goodison Park. Marco Silva's side went down to an embarrassing 6-2 loss to a very impressive Tottenham Hotspur that stretched her winless Premier League run to five matches. It's a run, of course, that started with the heartbreaking late derby defeat at Anfield and there is no question there has been a deterioration in both performances and results since then. Whether the Blues can bounce back over the course of the next 10 days, which sees them travel to Burnley, Brighton and then host Leicester, remains to be seen, but this show is focused on a 23rd straight game without a victory against one of the big six. It starts with a pull-no-punches verdict from our Everton FC correspondent Phil Kirkbride. You'll then hear from Sam Carroll, who was alongside Phil in the press box this afternoon. And you'll then hear my conversation with Blues fan Max Carlisle to get a view from the stands. Before the podcast rounds off with every word Everton manager Marco Silva had to say in his post-match press conference. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Evening everyone, uh, not the sign-off before Christmas that Evertonians had hoped for and a defeat and the size and manner of the defeat that perhaps not too many had seen coming despite the difficulties and the mistakes made at Manchester City the previous weekend. The hope was at home for the first time against one of the top six, Everton would be back to showing their true potential against the best tides and put in repeat performances the likes of which we saw at Anfield, Old Trafford and the Emirates but in fact they delivered their worst performance of the season, their worst performance under Marco Silva, and they were humiliated and embarrassed. 6-2 Spurs winning in the end, but it could have been more men versus boys stuff uh, for long periods. Legitimate questions over the strength of character and mental strength of the team after the concession of the equaliser, which was just the latest in a worrying string of easy goals conceded by this team, but that must rank as the most calamitous as Jordan Pickford and Kurt Zuma combined and then collided to gift Sun the leveller. Uh, as I say, men versus boy stuff for long periods, Everton's weaknesses and vulnerabilities exposed, Spurs just drove a steam train through the midfield time and time again and targeted where Everton are weak in the middle down the right-hand side and in many ways this actually didn't teach us too much that we didn't already know but he just simply rammed it down our throats. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. When Theo Walcott put Everton in the lead at Goodison Park today there was something in the air. I felt like it was a bit of a throwback maybe to those Moyes days even in Roberto Martinez's first season when we beat Chelsea 1-0 yeah, and Stephen Naismith scored the goal and I really felt like this could be the turning point We'd fought valiantly at Arsenal and lost. We fought valiantly at Manchester United. We lost. Everyone knows the story about what happened at Anfield and the point at Chelsea. And I kind of thought with that goal, this was going to be the day where we kick on and secure all three points. How wrong I was. There was calamitous defending. Players didn't look like they were fighting for the shirt. And that second half performance was probably one of the worst 
uh, we've seen at Goodison in a very, very long time. Hard to pull out any positives from that performance whatsoever. Dominic Calvert-Lewin was used as a battering ram up front and was there to just chase lost causes. Gilfie Sigurdsson, obviously, Everton's best, best performer. He scored a really good solo goal. But aside from that, not a lot of people could be surprised if they were dropped from the team that goes to Burnley on Boxing Day. Jordan Pickford's uh, form will now be a real concern for Evertonians as he has now made more individual errors leading to goals than any other player in the Premier League. It's difficult for Pickford. We all know what a good shot stopper he is and we all know that he could be one of the world's best goalkeepers in the very, very near future and indeed is still, in my opinion, one of the best stoppers in the Premier League. But decision-making is such a big part of goalkeeping. It's your bread and butter. It's what you've got to do right. And to come out rushing like that Obviously, forced Zuma into making the error and taking Norton away from Sun's finish. But Pickford should never have given him the opportunity to be in that position in the first place. Seamus Coleman, there's been worries about him all season, but I kind of had the impression that he'd come through it, that, he, that we'd see the Coleman of old once he found his feet after such a long layoff last season and after an injury earlier on this term. But the more it goes on, the more it looks like Seamus really is struggling to find the form that made him such a fan hero in recent years. Obviously, the difficulty for Marco Silva is putting John Joe Kenny in. Does Kenny offer anything more than Coleman, even on this form? It's difficult to say, but a very good point made by my fellow Everton correspondent, Phil Kirkbride, after the game was that Everton's left-hand side was a real, real big concern. And one of the first things that Marcel Brands and Marco Silva done in the summer was to bring in Lucas Dean and Richarlison. And we've seen a real instant impact on that left side. Today, Theo Walcott, aside from his goal, looked to struggle, moving backwards and helping Coleman. And Sun Hung Min looked in a totally different world. Another realm, another galaxy to Seamus Coleman. Okay, the Irishman wasn't helped. They were targeting them. They were doubling, tripling up on him. But for him, probably the lowest point of his Everton career. Michael Keane, probably on the whole scale of things, a little bit better than Zuma. But this was still a real worrying performance from the defensive duo, especially following on from Yeri Mina's individual errors against Manchester City last week. I wrote through my player ratings after the game. I think it was Zuma's worst performance in an Everton shirt, while only Lucas Dean came out with any credibility at all. Now we've got to look towards the midfield and hope that Andre Gomez and Adrissa Garnagay are fit for the trip to Burnley on Boxing Day. You know, when Tom Davis and Morgan Schneiderlin were paired together for the final stage of the game with absolutely no disrespect to the two of them. They were up against a world-class opposition and some world-class midfielders. But you really just didn't get that sense of confidence that you do when we've seen Gomez and Gay in top form. So we're going to have to really hope that they're fit again. Now... It's up, to, it's up to the players, it's up to Marco Silva, they've really got to bounce back. Burnley are in the relegation zone, we must remember, Burnley are not playing good football. And a defeat really would make this a little bit more than a concern. I don't think it's anywhere near a crisis, but we absolutely need three points at Burnley. We must avoid defeat if we can't get those three points and we really need to turn in a big performance. A disappointing night at Goodison Park, an embarrassing night at Goodison Park, and a pathetic night at Goodison Park. Just some of the words you could probably throw out there. But it's a season in transition. It's a project that I think all the fans are still well and truly behind. But this game has got to be put to bed sooner rather than later. And only, only victories can do that. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. 
Well, hi, Max. Thanks very much for joining me on the post-game podcast and on this show in particular. How do you describe what you've just witnessed at Goodison this afternoon? Hi, Paul. Amazing. If I could pick words to describe it, it looked like a Tottenham Hotspur training session at times. Um, I think coming into the game, I expected us to get beat Tottenham. You know, they're on a really good wave of momentum at the minute, obviously. Doing well in the league, got through in, in, in Europe. We're still inevitably suffering this hangover following that Merseyside derby loss and you know on paper it just looked like they were going to beat us in terms of the, obviously I think it's going to be up in here now about Mauricio Pochettino where he's going to go obviously with Man United looming but he out of all the other managers of top six sides has been there longest I think he's been there near five years now and that Tottenham side looked like a team that had really bought into his philosophy they played with conviction they were aggressive they looked physically a lot more dominant than we did. We did look, look like a side that was had just been under management for, what, six, seven months. And, you know, that showed we were really timid and, and conservative in, in our closing down, which I thought we should have done a lot better. And, um, I think something that you need to point out as well, we were one nil up there. Yeah. You know, we, we, we took the lead. Um, obviously, Dominic Calvert-Lewin gets, scores that header, which is... Was the judge for a push? I'm not 100% sure. I think so. I think it was. I think that's what the ref said. Yeah, so obviously you have that. And then I think it was a really quick turnaround by the time they were 2-1 up. And you know, I think as soon as they found their groove, as I say, it looked like a training session. It was disappointing, but you know, we've got a lot of games coming up really soon, so we've got to bounce back. I totally agree with you. Tottenham are the real deal, and you can tell that they've been a team that have... You know, come together over a number of years, and you're right. This is a this is a new Everton team with a new manager, new director of football. But when you do lose by six goals, particularly at home, you know people will be pointing the finger of blame. If you had to point it today, do you think the players who deserve most criticism, or was it even the manager with the way he set up the team? I, I don't think you could necessarily criticise Marco Silva because after Manchester City, a lot of a lot of fingers were pointed at that decision to roll with with the five back and. That looked problematic in itself. So, you know, it was pleasing to see we've gone back to that 4 or 3 3 as such. Um, I, I think, obviously, you've got to look at that central midfield area because, you know, we decided to put Tom Davies in there because, obviously, Garner gave us, wasn't a judge to be fit enough. And then, as soon as Andre Gomez gets that injury, we're back to the same central midfield partnership of last season, mm-hmm. which we know was problematic in and of itself. It, you know, it just does not work, and that isn't that's not an against Morgan Snydlin. I don't really have anything against Morgan Snydlin. I think he's a good player. I just don't think, you know, in his current form and you know his, his style of play, I just don't think it's well suited to this league. Um, you put that up against, you know, a super fit, super athletic, very decisive Tottenham side, and they just they, they're going to pick us apart, which they did. Yeah, you mentioned earlier when we were speaking about the, the Merseyside derby defeat and as we said before we press record on this conversation we did uh, Ian Crowley's view from the Gladys Street podcast I think before the Cardiff game Everton won that one to continue the good running form went into the derby, played well in the derby but ever since that last minute winner for Liverpool it's totally unravelled why has that been the case do you think? And it, it, it's, it's a funny one because you don't want it you don't want it to be you know that Everton mentality, which we seem to, we just seem to be our own worst enemy. Because that performance against Liverpool, you know, it, by all accounts, wasn't wasn't the worst. You just look at the, you look obviously that the Cardiff 
performance wasn't pretty, although we didn't get over the line. And then the two games after that is where I think that's where the real criticism comes in. Newcastle United at home, Watford at home. They should be six. That should be six points in the bag, particularly if we do want to sort these European places. You you drop points on games like those, then you have runs like Manchester City away and the red hot Tottenham team coming to Goodison. It, you know you need to take your chances when they come, and that's something that we haven't done as of late. And particularly again to concede six at home, and after the, the mistake that Pickford made, I'm sure a few fingers will be pointed that way as well. But. You know, as I said earlier, we have what, what have we got now? Burnley on on the 26th, Brighton on the 29th, and Leicester on the first. It, you know, we've we've got the opportunities to turn it around. We we just got to change our perception and see it as the opportunity to bounce back. Agreed. A lot of it this season is about uh, patience and having perspective because it is a long-term project. So you just kind of like the new football in parlance. But are you a bit worried at the moment? Because you you mentioned you know before the Cardiff Liverpool game, you're looking at the European places, but now. Don't get a good result against your Burnley and Brighton. Do you start looking over your shoulder a little bit? No, of course. I think you're spot on with saying that. Um, I don't know. This season's quite a funny one because with with obviously the the state that Manchester United are in currently, I know they've they obviously got that big win against Cardiff under new management yesterday. But still, they're not all that. Arsenal are dropping points here and there. Chelsea are dropping points here and there. If, if ever was there, there was a better time, time for us to really seize that moment, you know, it, this season, unfortunately for us, it is a, a season of transition. It, you know, as you say, that Cardiff game, you know, it was all fine and rosy. And I think sometimes you can lose sight of what was in your past, and you know. Last season, you you get any Evertonian off the street, and they can just tell you how bad it was. So, uh, as you said earlier as well, we're not. I don't think we're in any position of of real danger. I know we can't press the panic button, thinking we were in potential. You know, we were potential candidates for relegation. I don't think. We're a potential. I don't think we're potential bottom half finishes. I know where are we now at the moment? Eleven. But I just feel like if we, you know, if we play the football of, of earlier on in the season, where you know we all looked on the same wavelength, and I'm sure we can recover that with given opportunities, then you know I think we can look a bit more respectable. Do you think he'll have to make changes, or what changes would you make for the for the Burnley game on Boxing Day? Obviously now you've got to you've got to consider injuries, which is a big pain because you know with the congested fixture list that inevitably you are going to have to dig to your reserves with Andre Gomez out now as well. I think you're going to have to see James McCarthy coming into the match day squad. See Benny Banningham. I'm unsure of his current state because I know he was coming off the back of an injury. It wouldn't surprise me if you've seen him included in the in the. Uh, the match day squads because obviously with them, was Adam Ola Luckman an, an injury do you know at all I think so I believe so well I've seen it before the game that I think he, he's pulled out the squad for an injury but I'm sure like one yeah. of the Phil or Sam will confirm later but yeah you'd imagine he would have been involved wouldn't you yeah exactly and you take him away from that bench that bit, it doesn't look it doesn't look like it could change a game um, uh, Bernard doesn't look fully acclimatised to the league yet which I'm sure he will do at some point in the future but um yeah, we're going to have to really dig into the squad now and look at see if we can get any match um, match winners coming from the bench. 
easier said than done. But if the money was there, and I think it might be a case of one in, one out, Marcel Brands has been saying that lately. Yeah. Do you think Silva and Brand should look to do some business, just try and improve a couple of areas if they can in January? Really uh, bad uh, afternoon for us. Really bad result for us as a team, for our fans. Um, we have to to realize why, and we will realize for sure. Uh, we made some of the some of the things we we have made during the the match. Uh, we started uh, well the match. Match started really balanced. We we know how they are strong in the counter attack. When when you give space to some of the, their players in the attack line, but the game starts uh, like we planned as well, and we score early in the during the match in that in that moment. Uh, and you are looks you are very good on the match as well. With some counter attacks, always when you lose the ball, uh, they are they are strong, but you are in in control. And the game was balanced in that moment. We scored the second goal. In my opinion is one of the keys as well. Of course, when the result is uh, what's happened this afternoon. Of course, talking about the, the ref is not is not my way. I don't like to find excuses as well. But we scored a second, the two nil, and looks. Um, I didn't see nothing until now. I saw some replays, and I did, didn't see nothing there. And we scored the the, the second goal. Was the two nil. Will be really different the match for sure. And after when with the normal game, tough game for both teams, we made the first mistake in uh, during the match as well with the, the when they equalised and the game changed completely. Uh, we lost many many things in our in our behaviour in our organisation. Um, and this level we cannot we cannot because we. We considered the, 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 the two goals after in uh, moments we we were there, we were in a position we can do different. Even off time I told them we changed something in our in our behaviour, in our tactical behaviour as well. I told our players cannot consider more goals if you want to fight for the different result, uh, because we'll score. And in a normal way we'll score you will score as well. I told them we cannot consider more because we'll be important um, because we'll score one goal in the game we'll, the result will open again for us to fight to them, and first two minutes, the second half, we considered again. Um, of course, every time they went there, looks everything was easy to to them. And it's something we have to work on, and to and we'll do for sure and pass to our players. Why? Because we, our aggressiveness in our 
defensive moment, and I know I'm talking just about our defensive, our back line. We as a team, we don't put the, the enough aggressiveness in the match to, to block them because in many, many moments we are in a position we can do really different. I understand your question, of course, and like you know, and like you expect as well. Um, everything what I can say for our, my players, for our players, I will say there inside our dressing room. And uh, it's, it's fair to say that you, you would be unhappy goal after goal after goal kept going in, and they, they didn't uh, be a bit more streetwise, be a bit more acute to problems because I already told them as well you have to be more aggressive uh, in football not just against this type of team in football in general you have to be more aggressive if you want to uh, to do the, the right things if you want to, to compete really in high level you already did this season many many times it's not something new for us it's just in this way you can compete you can keep together our, our squad and in some moments the game more in the second half uh, uh, we didn't see that and this is the truth I already told them um, we'll play quick uh, next match. Uh, we have to keep together, work together, and to realize why you achieve good results before, because we work as a team and all together. Marco, your goalkeeper's had a couple of high-profile mistakes recently. Are you confident you can get over that and return to his earlier form? It's our job. We have to do not just the, the, with Jordan, uh, with all of them, but of course we... Our job is to, to give them conditions and to give them the, 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 the feedback. And um, this type of, uh, of things doesn't happen. Uh, and again, it's something that's happened more with our team in the last, uh, in the last matches as well. Uh, but it's something you have the quality to, to give them the feedback to don't happen again. Uh, we have to work on, uh, on that and work hard to, to improve this type of things. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.